Welcome to the Imagine MomCast. This is your host, Elaine Kohanowitz. And if you're a mom, you come to the right place for real talk, real help, and real fun. Today, we're going to switch it up a little bit. This time, I'm getting interviewed by a friend of mine, Michaela Ferguson. She um, is doing a paper for college. Actually, she did it, and I think her professor really liked it, so that's pretty awesome. And she wanted to ask me some questions about what it was like to have a midwife. So I decided that we had a really great conversation, and I thought you guys would enjoy it too. So I'm going to publish it today. And, you know, like, who doesn't like a good labor story, right? (laughs) Most of us have one. So check it out, and I hope you enjoy it. There's all kinds of things about home birth, hospital birth, labor, postpartum, breastfeeding, you name it. It's in there. So enjoy. Two children already. So we have six kids, but the first two boys we had at the hospital. And, I mean, with the first one, I would say, like, it never even crossed our mind to have a midwife. But because we were just new parents, you know, and so that we just didn't really know anything about that at the time. And so we didn't really think about that as being, like, an option. But then after that, like, I met people who had had midwives. Uh, Sometimes they had lived in other states because Missouri wasn't really, like, a friendly midwife state at the time. Um, so I had talked to other people that had had midwives and they had all like just said so, you know, just had like raving reviews about having a midwife. So when we had our second child, I mean, I don't think that we ever like, I think we kind of maybe it was, it was like in our minds at that point and we knew about it then, but we didn't really think about it as something that, you know, we would do because one of the things was that we had maternity insurance so really the 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 kicker of why we really started considering it seriously was when we were pregnant with our third child we didn't have maternity insurance because we had started our own business and so we thought well this might be something to you know maybe we we felt at that point like it, it seemed really positive and like as far as other people's experiences and then since we didn't have interns then we thought well maybe this would be you know a more economical way to do it if it's really you know a good thing so then we started looking into it at that point so that's kind of the reason that we started you know considering it interesting and then so to follow up with that like how did you find the midwife that you used like where did like did you hear from her from like other people or online or so at the it's interesting because at that time this was in the early 2000s midwifery in Missouri was illegal so like I said a lot of the people that I I had known had there had been some in Missouri that had midwives but mostly had been like other states like California or Washington so finding a midwife was not easy (laughs) because they were basically you know working under under the cover of darkness in a sense you know um so I had just started getting involved in the homeschooling community and a lot of homeschoolers you know tend to be more naturopathic so there was people that had you know had midwives and so that's what I did was I reached out to people I knew in the homeschool community and I said hey you know we're looking for a midwife does anybody have any recommendations And I had, um, I think I had, like, several people kind of reach back privately and say, we really like this lady, you know. And then, so that was great, because I got finally some names. I think I got a couple different names, but I don't really honestly remember how I narrowed it down. But um, I think just because the one had just a lot more positive, like, recommendations, <clears throat> so I I was able to finally get a hold of her phone number, which wasn't easy. And I called her and I left like three different messages and she never returned my calls. So finally, I had a friend of mine that I knew that homeschooled and she had had um, kids with this midwife say, hey, can you 
reach out to her and let her know that I'm okay. <laughs> Cause like, you know, she was probably not wanting to just call anyone because, you know, being illegal, you, you know, wanted to kind of be under the radar. So my friend is actually, her name is Nancy. She reached out and, uh, to the midwife and said, Hey, this is, this, you know, is a good person. And she's, you know, really interested. And then she called me back. So then we were able to have like an interview and what she would do was she literally just gave us the names of everyone she'd ever cared for. And she's just like, call whoever you want, mm-hmm. which was really neat. You know, that is cool. Cause then like, it shows that she really like, like she really believes in like what she's done. Like she's like, I don't have any bad reviews or I shouldn't like you can call anyone. Right, exactly. Or at least if she, you know, if anything came up, you know, she knew they'd be honest and, you know, she didn't want to hide anything, which was really cool. And so we did call three of the references, uh, just picked randomly, you know, three people, and they just all loved her. And so then we met with her to just kind of see if it would be a good fit. And we were really happy with it. So that's what happened. And then did she perform, like, I researched some about midwives, like, did she do, like, any exams beforehand, or was she just, like, the direct birth, or did she, like, come and, like, 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 check you out, like, do, like, like, um, exams? Yes, she did, yeah, and they, and it was, it was really a revelation, like, I, I felt, okay, there's, like, certain times in your life where things happen and you sort of see the world differently, you know, and I think one of those would be, like, you know, when you become a Christian, it's, like, wow, you know, it's a totally different perspective on life, but honestly, I mean, of course, that's the major one, (laughs) but there's been other times, too, and this is one of those where when we started going to her for these checkups, I mean, like, I would go to her home, and she had, like, uh, like, an office in her house, and um, I could bring the kids. But the biggest part of it was just that the checkups would be like an hour and a half. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. So she would just like really talk to you and and really, you know, educate you on what was going on. Um, she would listen to the baby's heartbeat. Um, she would, you know, just she did like a couple of urine samples. I think one was protein and I can't remember what the other one was now. And so you would, you know, pee in a cup and she would check that and make sure that was good. But also just look at you, you know, and see how you looked and see if your skin looked okay and see if you look bloated and make sure you know, putting on, you know, uh, like in your legs, you know, make sure your legs weren't getting swollen or things like that, you know, and just asking you just about your life, you know, like, how are you doing? Is everything okay? Do you have what you need? You know, um, just getting to know you really in a really real way and sometimes we would get off and talk about other you know miscellaneous stuff too because it was just fun but it was just so neat because it was just night and day from when I had the first two kids where you had several doctors and you know even your your primary doctor you would see you know for the first several months but even when you would see that primary doctor you'd only see him for like maybe 15 or 30 minutes at the max and it would just be like, hey, is everything okay? Great. You know, I mean, there wasn't that much, you know, personal care. And then after the first few months of senior primary, then they have you see all the different doctors in the group, like, you know, so that you've seen every one of them like twice because you don't know who's going to deliver the baby. So you can see where like just the difference in personal care you know was huge and then also of course since she was a midwife and we didn't really know anything about that and we didn't know about home births you know we asked a ton of questions you know what do you do in this situation what do you do in this situation what do you do in this situation you know and then also she just educated us a lot on you know how things worked and and what she looked for you know what what she would want to see if she felt like we needed to transport ahead of time and go to a hospital Um, you know, and just, and honestly, we just got a diamond in the rough because she had had already like 20 years of experience before we had her. So she just really, you know, was really experienced and she just talked, she just educated us a lot on like ways that you could do birth 
that were just totally not even, you know, thought about in the medical community. Mm-hmm. And I think it's gotten better, actually, probably in the medical community. But at that time, especially, you know, it was such a revelation. It was really neat. So did your husband go with you to all these, like, checkups and appointments? He went to, like, the first, you know, couple. And mm-hmm. then um, I think, and then at the end, so most of them know, but at the at the first few, just so he felt comfortable and got to know her, and then at the end, she would always come to the house for the last few checkups, so. Gotcha. And then, like, when she actually delivered your babies, was it just her, or did she have an assistant, or how'd that go? For her, it was just her. Um, there might be some midwives that have an assistant, and I know a lot of people use doulas to help them, too. Um, but, yeah, for her, it was just her, and she was, you know, always on call. She would tell you ahead of time, like, she she always blocked out certain dates of the year to be gone, like for vacation, so that she would know if if you were due at a certain date, then she probably just couldn't take you, or if she did, she would have a a, a back backup midwife. So you kind of know that like from the beginning, if gotcha. that was the situation and you were comfortable with that. Mhm. Yeah. And then so did you use her for all four of your children that you had at home then? Yeah, 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 because, um, like I said, she was just so, just, she she was not only experienced, but she was always constantly reading, constantly learning, and, you know, constantly, like, just um, adding to her pool of knowledge, and she also had been, before she was a midwife, uh, she had been, worked in uh, pathology, um, like for, I, I don't know what it's called, but kind of like a morgue where they would take people and do autopsies and things like that. Mm-hmm. So she, it actually gave her a lot of really good insight into kind of, you know, what can go wrong and what happens to people and, and, um, just different things like that. So that, that was really good too. And, um, she had studied under a lady who had studied under um, some midwives that kind of became famous uh, in a in a kind of like a a group in Tennessee where they all have they all like live together you know on the same farm kind of thing oh, and it's kind of yeah I could find there's a book about it actually um, and I could find that but there was a group of midwives that served that community and they learned from you know people from like all over the world on how to, you know, how to help women in childbirth. And so there was a lot of different, you know, uh, like, for example, if a child got stuck in the birth canal, you know, on the way down, like when you're in a bed in the hospital and the, the way you're angled, it's hard. It's like you're having to push the baby over your pelvic bone, you know, but if you stand up and, and you get on all fours, then that's like the most wide um, position. So it's much easier to, to deliver the baby that way or squatting sometimes is better. So like for, you know, there's just different types of ways that you can handle a situation where you could probably like avoid a C-section or something like that. Um, so that's just an example, but also like, um, nutrition was very important to her and, and that like maybe have come into more mainstream, but at the time nutrition wasn't very emphasized in the, um, medical hospital. Like when I had the first two boys, you know, it was more about, well, make sure you don't gain too much weight, you know, and she would be like, you better the heck gain some weight because you gotta, you know, take care of this baby. But then the way she would want you to do it would be to, to really push the, Uh, fruits and vegetables and proteins and then also another thing that she talked about that wasn't I don't even know still well known now is that if you eat like a ton of protein it it helps you uh, avoid a lot of the problems that they have with um, I can't think of the the term for it but it's the when your legs get swollen and um, there's a word for it I can't think about it right now but and you get like I don't know, salt and water, you know, too much in your system. 
it can prevent that. So there's just a lot of things like that, you know, that she knew that we wouldn't, we didn't really ever get from Mm -hmm. other people. That's interesting. And then, so like when she had you, like, like you were talking about the different like ways that you could um, deliver at home, like the squatting, the like getting on all fours. So like when you were at home compared to the hospital, like, did you ever like, do like try that instead of like the traditional like laying in a bed like um positions yeah actually um her main way that she liked to deliver babies was in the water and so she so she recommended that highly from the beginning and so most almost all of her births were done in the water there was exceptions when she like she told me a story one time about a lady that you know had a birth and it wasn't working, so they she took her out in the hall and had her squat and 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 put her hands against the wall. So you know there was things in times where that wouldn't maybe work out, but the water birth was a lot more less painful. It's less painful and it's easier I think on the baby. And so what she did was she either if you had a place you could do it, then you could do that. And that's what we did. We actually had a like a whirlpool type bathtub, so it was like deep mm-hmm. and big enough for that she could be you know like I could be in the tub and she could be you know on the floor but like bending over you know there was plenty of space if you didn't have that then she actually had this like stock tank you know like you would you know water cows in but of course it was never used for cows it was sterile you know yeah and and she would bring that and then they would fill that with water and you could use that and she brings it to your own home yes yeah and then so, so wait, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so when I when I had the babies, I had them all in the bathtub on all fours basically. Gotcha. So she would be like behind me and when the baby came out, she would catch the baby. And or kind of not in all fours, but I suppose like kind of like arms on the front of the tub and then knees on on the bottom of the tub. Yeah. And then when the baby starts, like, crowning, like, since you're in water, do you have to get out of the water? Like, so it's, like, would the baby's head be in the water, like, while, like, you're producing, like, or, like, the rest of the body's coming out? Or is it such, like, a fast motion that, like, once the baby, like, crowns and it's, like, mouth and nose is out, then it's, like, pretty much, like, over? Or how does that specific? Yeah, I mean, I don't guess I know as much about the science of it as, like, she would, but definitely um, you're still in the water. Um, when the baby comes out, and of course, when you think about it, they're in the amniotic fluid, you know, before they come out, so it doesn't seem to be a problem at all for them to, you know, just go, you know, from you to her hand and then out. I mean, for me, once the baby got really pushed out, it's, you know, once once those shoulders go past, it's pretty fast, but it doesn't seem to be a problem with the head. And they're still connected to the umbilical cord at that point, too. So they're still getting, like, oxygen and everything. Okay. So that's, yeah. Yeah, I I had no clue, like, how the whole process worked or, like, how quickly, like, once the head pops out, like, the rest of the body, like, comes out. So I was just curious about that. Yeah, I mean, you can have it where I think where the head comes out and the shoulders get kind of stuck. And then, you know, you have to push, you know, maybe in a different way or just keep pushing to get it out. And, of course, I, I would say, like, I said before, if it if it was a problem where, you know, you could maybe get out of the tub and change positions. Um, and then, of course, she she reads, reached in before and helped out the baby. You know, um, when I had uh, my fourth child, my little girl, Genevieve, her hand was next to her head. So when she came out, her hand and I think it was the same with Mac. Because I remember with Max screaming, get this kid out of me now. <laughs> because when their hand was there, it's like you already don't really have enough room for that head. And then the hand just makes it really super painful. Um, but it was no problem. And I, and I will say that, like, I mean, I, every midwife, of course, is different. And like I said, she was a diamond in the rough. I... I think that a midwife is just like finding a doctor. Not all doctors are good and not all midwives are good. Unfortunately, with doctors, we sort of just assume they're all good. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had some other experiences with that. But um, 
so you know with anyone you probably probably need to get references and do your research to make sure it's someone that's experienced and has a good track record um, a lot of bad things happen with doctors as well but bad things do happen with midwives you know and so you need to make sure that you really feel that you have a, a good experienced midwife so with her because she was very experienced she said that you know, she rarely had a situation where she would have to transport in an emergency because she generally knew ahead of time if things weren't going right. Mm -hmm. And she had, you know, enough experience on the other end of, you know, when the baby actually comes out to be able to help it, you know, get out or handle like, you know, a cord situation or something like that. Mm -hmm. So... So I felt good about that because I felt like if if we really did need to go to a hospital, we we it wouldn't be most likely at the last minute. Yeah. And then so like you decide to go to the hospital, like since like you said it is illegal in Missouri, like would she like be in a potential like place for being in trouble or like getting in trouble with the law or how would that like work in like legality sense? Well, it's legal in Missouri now. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, there's a lot of professional midwives now, and it's been about, um, it's been nine years since I had a baby, so I'm not really sure exactly how they're handling it now. Um, I know that generally speaking, um, well, I guess that's the honest truth, is I just don't really know how they're handling it now. I know for a little while, kind of in between times, um, between when it was illegal and now it's legal. Like you can be just a midwife and deliver legally. Um, in the middle, there was a time where it was just nurse midwives were the only ones that were legal and they had to work underneath the doctor. So if you had like a, you know, a situation that was an emergency, you would transport to that doctor. Um, but no, when she was illegal, basically we would have had to probably have had like a doctor kind of on record or we would have just had to go to like an emergency room situation. Um, and, and most likely she would either not have been with us or would have been with us more like as a doula, you know, or something like that, because she wouldn't have wanted to have been known as the midwife, you know, at that point. Sorry. Yeah. If you want to know another really good story, um, our fifth child, Joe, um, came so fast that she didn't make it in time so ron had to deliver <laughs> oh my were you terrified were you really or was it fast you actually i wasn't i was i woke up in the middle of the night and we called her right away but um she's 45 minutes away so she you know came as fast as she could and of course and i went into the bathroom with Ron and I was actually just standing up, just kind of holding on to him, just kind of hugging him, you know? And then at one point I'm like, um, okay, well, I got to get in the bathtub. So he had and I was just like, this is it, you know? And so he called her, he was on the phone with her when Joe was delivered. So that, you know, helped. But I honestly was never scared. I don't know why, but I just, I don't know if it was just a sense of everything is going to be okay or if it was just, I, I really felt comfortable that Ron was there. I know he was in total freak out mode. <laughs> I bet. So did he have to help deliver it? Like, was he in everything? Yeah, yeah. No, he caught him and <laughs> uh, he pulled him out of the water. I mean, the whole time, I just, I don't know, maybe it's just because you, you're in the throes of labor, and you're like, this baby's coming, you know what I mean, like, it doesn't matter whether I'm in a taxi or an airplane or the bathtub, the baby's coming out, so. <laughs> so, what did it take, like, it seemed like it was, like, a pretty, like. It was like, really fast, yeah, fast, yeah, so, I mean, like, but from the time that I called her, you know. I mean, obviously, it was 45 minutes, and maybe it took her a few minutes to grab a bag. So mm -hmm. it was really fast. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All your other children, like, were they just, like, at home? Or did you, like, normally, like, when it was, like, more planned, did they go to a babysitter, or, like, a family friend? Or did they just, like, were they just at home, too? Well, um, they, I'm trying to remember. I know for for the first, I think, I think for a couple of the births, 
Okay, I remember. Home and two of them were in the middle of the night, so they were just asleep. Gotcha. And that was one of them. When Joe was born, I think it was like five in the morning or something. Mm-hmm. So they were just asleep. With uh, Genevieve, she came in the day, and actually she was the only one where my water broke. So my water broke that morning. So we were pretty pretty sure that she was – I mean, you don't really know because it can take a long time, but it's pretty was pretty sure she would be there that day. And so she ended up coming in the afternoon. So that was a daytime. The kids were little then, so they didn't really kind of clue on it, in on it too much. But we had other family there, too, because we knew the baby was coming. So they came, you know, to – I was the only one actually where Ron's mom came. She was at the birth. Um, and they actually just watched TV in the other room with, you know, a friend of mine. She just, you know, while well, we had her. And it was fine. The only one that was, like, a little bit crazy was Mac because – he was born at like 10 or 11. And so I didn't know whether to send them away or not because I didn't really know if he, how soon he was going to come. Like I knew that, you know, the contractions had started. And of course, Mac was after Joe. So with Mac, like we called the midwife like every five seconds to come because <laughs> Ron didn't want to deliver another baby. <laughs> I bet. So we had like two false ones before the real one where she came up and just hung out for us for a few hours because we really weren't sure mm-hmm. that was kind of nerve-wracking too but anyway he ended up coming at like 10 or 10 30 and so they just ended up being here and we, of course we tried to get them to go to bed and that didn't work out so I think they heard a lot of things that were going on in the other room hopefully that didn't traumatize the girls so that they never ever want to have children <laughs> Yeah, Daniel about it, and he, because, like, he was telling me a little bit about it before I called you, and he's like, yeah, I remember, like, sitting in the living room watching TV with everyone while Mac was being delivered. Yeah, so that by then they were a little older, so they probably kind of understood a little bit more of what was going on. So, yeah, hopefully it was, (laughs) it won't be detrimental in the future, but, I mean, they were all pretty fast, so even though, you know, I'm sure there was some screaming going on, you know, get him out of me, they, it wasn't, like, hours of it or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get an epidural with them or no? Did I what? Did you, like, get an epidural, like, while you, like, were delivering, or did you choose not to have an epidural? Well, you know, with a midwife, now, I don't know how they do it now or or if they're able to do it, but at the time, they they couldn't do that. Okay. so you knew ahead of time going into it that that wasn't an option. And for me, it wasn't bad because most of my labors weren't too bad and the deliveries were quick. The deliveries were really painful, but not long. Now, I I know other people that use this midwife, in, in fact, and have had like 30-hour labors. So it's not, you know, like you could just use a midwife just if you have a quick birth. I mean, anybody could use a midwife. But one of the nice things about that is that she feeds you. <laughs> like at the hospital, I don't know how they do it now, but used to, they wouldn't let you eat anything. Only ice chips was all they would let you have. So, you know, when you're in like a 30-hour labor. Yeah. Food. <laughs> what am I not eating? Is there like a certain like reason? Well, it, it has to do with... Um, the fact that if you have to do a C-section and they have to put you under, they don't want you to have food. And, and I guess that's a safety precaution type thing. Now, you know, don't quote me because, again, I don't know exactly what they're doing now with hospitals and I don't know exactly what they're doing now with midwives. But that's just how it was, you know, when I did it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's one great thing about even if it's a long labor, she's with you and she's helping you and, you know, taking care of you and everything. So, you know, if you have to go to the bathroom, I mean, I know the nurses will help you with that too, but she would help you with that. If you wanted a hot shower, you know, being in the bathtub ahead of time, like while you're waiting for the delivery to really get underway, you can just hang out in the bathtub and the hot water. And it's a lot more soothing with contractions. And so, you know, there's a lot of benefits, even though you don't have maybe the epidural. Mm Mm-hmm. And then were you, like, fully naked while you are in the bathtub, or did you wear a shirt, or, like, how did that work? Um, I think that um, 
I think that with me, I think that I was fully naked. I know I had a shirt on for a while with some of them, and then I probably took it off. At some point, like at the end, you're sort of like, get this thing off of me because I just have to have this baby. You know what I mean? Like you don't care at that point. You have no sense of (laughs) modesty. You know, you're just like, this baby's coming out. Get it out now. But, you know, while you're hanging out, yeah, you could – have your clothes on or your you know shirt or whatever because just with the contractions that's fine yeah I was just curious because I was like it's just a midwife and your husband but I also didn't know yeah and with the and with just them you know it's really not that big a deal because they feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and then this is kind of like a weird question but I'm just like kind of curious like so I know a lot of times people say like they end up like pooping during labor did you ever like experience that or yeah, yeah, no, that does happen. Um, they try um, to prevent that, or they try to help you go to the bathroom, you know, as much as you can, but it happens. And so um, they, I think, I don't remember specifically if it happened in the water. If it did, she probably just pulled it out and kept going. Um, if there was a time where we ever needed to, we could always empty the tub and refill it too. So, um, and I know, you know, yeah, so it happens. It's just kind of part of pushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you're pushing everything, you don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That story about Joe is crazy, though, like how, like, it happened so fast. And then, like, Ron just had to deliver the baby. Well, one thing that was really comforting, there was a couple of things that happened with that birth. One was that she told me later, she said, well, Typically, when they go really fast, usually there's not any problems. She's like, usually if they if there's a problem, like something's stuck or they're not turned the right way or the cord's wrapped or something like that, they don't come out that fast. So that was comforting, you know, like, okay, you know, he just, he was ready to come, you know. It was, <laughs> and in fact, when he came out, that was the only scare was after he came out he wasn't crying. Oh, wow. And he was kind of, and he was purple, which they come out purple. That's not necessarily like weird, but like, he just was like, so like Ron's like holding this baby. That's just like there that's purple, you know? And we're just kind of like, uh Oh, you know? And, um, but she was on the phone with us, you know, and she's like, we'll just start rubbing him. He's probably okay. He just needs to get, you know, circulation going. So we started rubbing him and he turned pink and then he started crying so that was really, you know, that was kind of scary at that moment. It was like, oh, shoot. But like she said, normally they're okay. I mean, I, I'm sure there's no guarantees, you know, in anything. But normally she said they're okay if they come out that fast. But but one of the things we thought about, and I think maybe because he came out so fast, was I, I really think that he was asleep when he came out. He could have been, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of nuts to think about after all that pushing, they could, like, sleep through it. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So that was pretty crazy. The other thing that happened, because she wasn't there to kind of coax things along, I tore, which had happened to me before in the hospital, so it wasn't, like, totally, Mm -hmm. you know, crazy. But in the hospital, they would sit you up, and with her, um, I she looked at it because she would do, like, a postpartum visits, you know. And so she looked at it again, like three days later to see or I think she looked at it, you know, like pretty soon, maybe the next day. But then like three days later again. But she had told me, she said, you know, I can't remember exact words, but it was basically like, if you just leave it alone, it'll heal itself. And it did. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty cool, you know, because I don't know if she ever has to stitch people. Maybe sometimes she, she does. But I know that. If she's there to help, she typically tries to slow the birth down a little bit at times if, if if that's a problem so that, you know, you have time to open up and the baby has can get through, you know, because I remember being in labor and she being like, OK, slow down. Don't push, you know, breathe, 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 breathe. OK, now push, you know. Gotcha. So, so did it like, all the way through, like cause I know like some people like it'll tear like all the way from like your vagina, like to your butt or does it just like. A small tear that was able to heal on its own or how how'd that work it was a pretty good tear I don't know that it went all the way through but it yeah it was a pretty good tear so it did 
it did heal itself and it was okay. You know, it just took, and it wasn't that long, you know, maybe a wait a week or something or a few days. I thought it would be like a month or two. No, no, it wasn't that long. So Mm -hmm. I, um, I think that it, yeah, it kind of, it, it all worked out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, with some of the other births, you know, it it was just interesting, different things happened. But um, like one of the things with Genevieve, when my water broke, you know, she said like, like typically if your water breaks, you go right to the hospital. But, you know, she told me like, it can be a long time. It can be like a whole nother, it could be days before, you know, the baby's like really ready to come out. Because sometimes it'll actually kind of close back up. Um, now that's probably more unusual. And then another thing is like, you know, with, with, um, you know how they always check you at the hospital. They always, at the end, they always check you to see how many centimeters dilated you are. Um, she told different stories about people that she had that had been really far along dilated and didn't have the baby for like days. And then ones that were hardly dilated at all and had the baby the next day. So, (laughs) you know. It just was interesting because it was kind of just an, a new way to think about. Mm-hmm. So were you the most scared, like, with Daniel since he was your first? Or, like, were you, like, more scared with um, Riley considering that she was your first at home? Well, you know, I actually with Daniel had a really good nurse that we had taken class. We actually took classes on, you know, birthing. So that helped. I think I felt like I had some tools in my toolbox for the labor, like in breathing and that kind of thing. And then she actually ended up being my nurse that day, like just luck of the draw when Mm -hmm. I had Daniel. So that really helped me. She was awesome. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And then with Buckley, um, I probably, I think with Buckley, I thought I was an expert. (laughs) realized with all kinds of things later that I really didn't know what I was doing and wished that I had maybe prepared a little bit better Uh, yeah so with Riley I don't know I don't remember being like super worried I think I was pretty comfortable with the midwife at that point so I thought well we we could figure it out you know and then did you like how often do you like do you cut or how fast do you cut the cord after your like after the kiddo's born that's a really good question because actually in the hospital they typically cut it right away, or at least like I said they used to. But she would always actually wait until you deliver the placenta, which is sometimes you know like maybe 30 minutes later. And she said the reason that she did that, so we would just hold the baby in the bathtub, stay in the bathtub after it was born, um, breastfeed, do that kind of thing, and then the placenta would eventually, you know, come out. And then after that, she would cut the cord. And she said that because if you wait, then all that nutrients in the placenta is going to keep going to the baby until the placenta is basically dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like, did Ron cut the cord or did she? Or, like, how did the, what, like, in the hospital, does the husband normally cut the cord? Or, like, how does that work? I think they'll let them do it. Yeah, I think Ron did it probably at home, too, if he wanted to. Yeah. I, could, I, I, I was just curious. I didn't know how that worked. Yeah. Yeah, because at that point, it's just kind of a non-essential. So it won't hurt, you know, like whoever cuts it. And it's like, you know, out in front of their belly button, so it's easy to get to and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, do you have any other questions? Um... Did you have any issues, like, after birth, like, with, like, um, like lactation or, like, postpartum or anything like that? I think that I've had everything there is to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At one point or another, I had mastitis twice. What's that? So that's where um, you get basically, like, an infection in your breasts, one or both. Mm-hmm. And um, it's super painful, horribly painful. And the only way to really, like, well, if you were going to a doctor, they would probably prescribe antibiotics to you. But with, mm-hmm. but either way, you would have to 
you have to nurse. It's like you have to get the get it through. You have to get the infection through. So with the midwife, um, she would say, your body's going to heal itself, but you still have to nurse, and it's just really painful. Mm-hmm. But the one good thing I finally discovered later, like with her, but I don't think it was with the first mastitis, but with the second, was that if you do take ibuprofen, it really helps with the inflammation and the pain. So that helped a lot. Um, so, yeah, so I did that. I, I went through that a couple times. And then um, I had a really hard time with breastfeeding. I'm very fair-skinned, and it was just um, my nipples and my would just get really, like, broken up and like, just – say that again. Was it, like, sensitive? Like, did it, like, hurt? Like, or like how – yeah, it, at first it would be okay, but it's almost like, you know, if you, um, I don't know, if you, like, work out and you get callous, you know what I mean? At first it, it's really painful, but for me it would be even worse because it it would actually kind of get cut open. It's almost just like having, you know, it's like you have this baby sucking on you all the time in an area that's not used to it. Mm-hmm. And so for me it was just it was just super painful, and I actually several times – First, when I went was with the doctor, I did it through the lactation um, nurse, but then later with the midwife, um, I was able to get it just like through the doctor's office via her recommending it. But um, they have this um, cream that you can get, and they make it at the pharmacy, and they mix like an antifungal with an antibiotic and like a um, uh, antibacterial like it's kind of like a shotgun everything <laughs> yeah and they mix this 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 cream and then you can put that on it and then that you know helps to heal it as your as your breastfeeding which was really great really great but unfortunately like I said with Buckley who was the second I thought I knew what I was doing and didn't and he actually because babies suck different ways too and he was like a super sucker <laughs> Like, you could put the pacifier, like, out in front of him, and he would suck it in. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So he was just really rough, you know. Like, I mean, he was a good nurser. I never had any trouble, like, trying to teach him how to, to nurse. So that's going to be, a, like, kind of the opposite problem. But he, but I didn't realize, because I thought I knew what I was doing, that, that when he did nurse, he wasn't nursing properly. And so what happened was not only did I get, like, all, you know, kind of cut up and stuff, but I actually end up with the, one of my nipples is still deformed. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, because it never, like, healed back properly because it was just so, you know, it was just such a rough go. But I ended up finally, finally wising up and realizing that this wasn't going right. And I did go to a lactation nurse. Or you can go to the La Leche League, which is another group that does help. And, um, and they helped me to you know, finally get it straightened out. But it was, it was hard. I would say one of the greatest things that she told me when I went to the lactation group and talked to the lactation nurse was, I remember I was, you know, having such a hard time. And of course, you're just so emotional because you're just, you know, hormones are crazy and you can't sleep and, you know, all this stuff. And I had breastfed Daniel up until like, I don't know, six or nine months. And I just, you know, had it in my mind that I was going to breastfeed my kids. And I remember her looking at me when I had Buckley and I was just going through all this and saying, have you thought about giving him a bottle? (laughs) And I just like broke down crying because I was just like, it just like never even occurred to me that I could give him a bottle and it would be okay. Yeah. And I just felt so relieved, you know, like, okay, bottled it's okay like I don't have to do this 24 hours a day and I actually didn't end up giving him that many bottles but it was just such a relief to know I could you know like if I needed a break a mental break I could do that did you feel like guilty giving him a bottle or like what was your like what was like holding you back from giving like like why did you like not want to give him a bottle at first well I think it was a combination of a I just I think being unexperienced, I just thought that if you breastfeed, that's just what you do. You know, like I never really thought about that you could do both. Yeah. 
So I think that was part of it. And then also probably there probably was some guilt there of like, well, if I'm going to do this, I got to do this, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, I got you. And of course, as you become a more experienced mother, you throw a lot of that stuff out the window because you're like, that's not reality. (laughs) You're like, I got to do what I got to do. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So that and then with one with with Joe, I had postpartum depression and that was really rough. Uh, he's actually the only baby where I, instead of having, um, like, morning sickness, I got depressed with him my first trimester. But I didn't know it. I didn't realize that was what was happening mm-hmm. until the second trimester hit. And, like, it was all of a sudden it was like, oh, everything's good again. Like, life actually is okay, and um, everything's not going down the tubes like I thought it was, you know. Um, So that was hard. And then after he was born, I think I I did have postpartum depression. And what happened was, like, oh, about, I don't know, maybe a couple months in. I don't remember exactly. But I called the midwife, and I was just like, I need something. I need to go to the hospital. I need pills. I need something. I'm going crazy. And she just kind of talked me off the ledge and was like, okay, I want you to tell me what's going on and tell me what you need. And it, and as I was like talking to her, what had really happened was um, I had all this help lined up because one of the things she always emphasized was, you know, don't be, don't be what we, you know, usually think with American women where you have the baby and you just get right on with life, you know, like get as much help as you can so that you can you know, have help while that baby's little and, you know, you're like recovering. So I had done that with the the, the the two previous home births pretty well. But with this one, it all fell through. Like I had had um, Ron's aunt was supposed to come up and she couldn't come. My dad was supposed to come up and he couldn't come. The lady that did the meals at church, um, her husband had a heart attack. And so they could could they didn't do the meals. Um, one of my good friends has having a baby at the same time, so she couldn't help me. There was just like all these things that fell through. And also at the time, he was probably the hardest baby in a way because he was my fifth child. So my other kids, like my I had four other kids, and Daniel, you know, is my oldest. He was seven. So I had, like, a lot going on and not a lot of help. Yeah, you did. Yeah. What, so it was just, it just all kind of fell apart. And what, it was rough. So how'd you, like, what'd you do to, like, get over it? Or, like, what was, like, your plan of action? Yeah, so I called her. Because I, I tried to talk to my husband about it. And he just, you know, to him it was like, everything's okay. Why are you you know, having, why are you, why do you feel this way, you know, and, and I understood that, like, from a logical point of view, everything was fine, like, it really wasn't that bad, but when you have postpartum, like, you're not thinking like that, you know, you're, you're, you're not firing on your normal cylinders, you know, so it was really helpful to call the midwife, because she understood, you know, what was going on, and so in that phone call, she basically talked me through it, and was like, it sounds like you need some help, She's like, can you hire somebody? And at the time, we did have a little bit of money that we could do that. But I didn't want to try to go argue with my husband to try to figure out that because I just wasn't in a good place to do it, you know. And so I said, yeah, I have the neighbor across the street cleans houses. And and, because we kind of dialed it down to if I just had like this certain type of help, it would really be great. So what I ended up doing was I got off the phone with her. I ran across the street. I hired my neighbor. I didn't even tell Ron. (laughs) And then she started cleaning the house. And it was just, it's all I needed. I was fine after that. And I'm not saying that every postpartum is that way. You know, everybody's different. But for me, I just needed help. I needed to know someone was there to help me. And it, it really, really just made all the difference. And and Ron, you know, was on board with it, you know, after the fact, you know, so it was okay. It, it worked out fine. But 
it just sometimes you just sort of have to do what you have to do because you they just don't understand and it wasn't you know that he was against me or anything he just didn't really understand you know where I was at and it, and it worked out and it was good after that and you know once you get through the first like three months usually it's a lot better anyway because you're not dealing with a newborn but yeah and you had a ton of kids say that again I said, and like you said, you had a ton of kiddos, like you already had the other three. And so like you had a lot going on or no, you had the other four. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, when Mac was born four years later, Daniel was 12 mm -hmm. and the other kids were like, you know, 10 and eight and, and they were all really helpful. Mm -hmm. I mean, they weren't going to probably like change diapers and stuff, but you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it just wasn't the same. They were old enough to help out and do their own thing and make their own peanut butter sandwich or whatever you know yeah absolutely so it was better I, I could imagine so you don't have like a, like all a whole herd of youngins right yeah you know you, you walk around and occasionally you'll see a mom like that now that's got like a double stroller and three kids trailing her and you're like wow how in the world did I do that <laughs> yeah but you just do it you know so and, of course, I mean, I wanted them. It wasn't like it was, you know, a burden. Yeah. It just was at the time it was a lot when you have a newborn. Yeah. I bet. Yeah, absolutely. So so those are the, some of the things that happened. <laughs> yeah, you had, like, every – you had everything in the book, it seems like. Yeah, quite a bit. Quite a bit, that's for sure. Absolutely, yes. But one neat thing was, like, I remember when, like, when Riley and Genevieve was born, you know, because we had the baby at home, Ron would take the baby down the street and show everybody, and he was just so proud, you know, and he'd have the other ones in the wagon, and he'd have the baby on his arm, and Aww. it was just really cool. That's, yeah. That's cute. Yeah, it was neat. Mm-hmm. Reflects everything. I think that's super cool. So to wrap it up, I did want to let you all know that since the interview, I actually um, had a chance to spend some time with my niece, and she is studying nursing right now, and she's been um, doing her, uh, in, and they don't call it an internship, but she's been working at the hospital, and she's actually been working in the um, OB part of the hospital, and she's really interested in that, and may even become a midwife herself so it was really neat talking to her because it sounds like in the medical study that she's doing as well as in the hospital um, since you know nine years ago when I had my last baby things have changed a lot because it sounds like they're really introducing a lot of the um, same kinds of things that the midwife did for me now into what they're studying in the nursing about being a midwife and also starting to introduce it more into the hospitals. So that's really exciting and um, it's definitely good news for moms. So I just wanted to let you all know that. And if you want to get more information or you want to connect, join us on Facebook at Imagine Mom or you can join us on Instagram at Imagine Mom as well as on the web at ImagineMom.com. Thanks for listening.